Unfucked, it is the podcast doing its best to keep us from going to war with ourselves any more than we've already done so, I suppose. If you tuned in the last um, episode, uh, we talked a lot about an uh, article that came out uh, talking about insurgency and kind of how we're um, dealing with some internal conflict within our own country that is the United States of America for any international listener we may have. Uh, we're going to continue that uh, conversation. I'm Gunner, and I am joined by Laugh. Laugh, how we doing? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Uh, you know, uh, I cried myself to sleep after our last conversation. You know, we never have good news on this podcast. We're never like, oh, things are going great, because they're not. Um, but, uh, you know, it's uh, you make me think of things that I don't think about, uh, especially a, with my background as being a conservative. Uh, so I, I uh, appreciate your uh, perspective. <laughs> to the extent that it isn't a complete mindfuck, I'm glad I can share it with you. Yeah. I feel like I ruin our day sometimes. It's like we both have to go cry when we do some of these topics. Yeah, sometimes but, you uh, just have to go. Can you know, end? hopefully bringing the stuff out into the open and then talking about it frankly. Uh, you know, look, man, we're both working folks. We're both, uh, you know, people that put the nose to the grindstone every day. And, and, and we're both out there in the world trying to make it work the way that, that a lot of uh, disaffected people in this country are right now. And so, um, you know, like we talked about, the whole purpose of this show was to help point that anger in the right directions. And trust me, it's not against your neighbor. It's not even against somebody that you disagree with on their, their religious beliefs. It's not even against someone who might be of a different political party than you. Um, you know, you need to step back from the abyss and recognize uh, who you really should be angry at and and realize that you're being manipulated as part of a very large sideshow to keep you from focusing on things that really matter. Um, and, and the unfortunate collaboration of, uh, of certain elements of political leadership, uh, are helping to, uh, stir this unfortunate pot, honestly. Oh, that'd be a great name for the episode. We may go, go with that. The unfortunate pot. I like that. Um, <laughs> well, you know, as we were talking before, I, I mean, we, we were looking at this article from July 11th from uh, about the possibility of the U.S. heading towards insurgency. This lady who's a, a scholar and authority on these types of things. And, you know, they, they measure countries as far as their susceptibility to political instability and violence and you know the u.s went from the strongest rating we've gotten weaker and weaker um and, and you know uh, besides the um, subjective idea of how strong or weak the central government is uh you know the second factor listen to this and see if any sounds familiar uh, when people in unstable democracies begin to organize political parties along the lines of racial, religious, or ethnic identity. Sounds really familiar. Yeah, you know, uh, the commentator, the writer in that situation talked about uh, her shock at how the Republican Party uh, had, you know, 
stooped toward embracing white supremacy more or less openly in recent years. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, kind of doubling down on this idea. Um, it's very funny to me because, you know, I, I mentioned in the past, I've done work uh, up north, northeast, around the capital, over in big cities like Chicago and uh, other more um, ethnic melting pots like Houston, like, uh, you know, some of the bigger cities in Florida. Um, and it's funny, you know, it's always funny to me, um, people that, uh, you know, for instance, my experience in Chicago, I had a good friend who is Italian who distinguished between people who were from Poland and Germany and Britain and, you know, just American, quote unquote, just, you know, right. farm boys from the country. And, and I'm sitting here looking at this and I'm going, and, and never mind all of his friends who are either Coptic Christian or Muslim or Hindu or whatever the hell, all these people were in this huge group of people. It was always funny that he made this, uh, you know, sort of ethnic identity related to being Italian. When I'm saying, going, dude, we're all just fucking cracker white. Like, I don't really get this. Like, what's the right. yeah, that's right. how, how how can you tell someone who's Polish from someone who's Italian who from someone who's just a dumbass redneck? You know, like myself. And mm-hmm. and it just blew my mind that there was like all these sudden hidden rules that were ethnically identified. And I'm like, uh, I didn't even know these things existed. Um, but then, you know, if I bring him down south and, and he sees the historical black-white racial issues that have occurred, and he goes, what the fuck is this? And this is fucking bullshit. Like, why, you know, I'm like, eh, 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 eh. Yeah, no, you, you and you the people from Poland. Like, yeah. You don't like those folks. What's wrong with them? <laughs> you, don't, you don't even like Sicilians, man. I mean, I don't even consider that separate from Italy. <laughs> you can't get along on your own peninsula. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and so, but we are seeing this um, in, in certain circles. We see people trying to segment us along racial, religious, ethnic yeah, lines, and it's, uh, there's a level of insanity there uh, and, and weakness of thought because one of the things that makes this country great is that we've always attracted, you know, uh, people who wanted to live the American dream and they would come here and work hard, and do better. Right. Well, let's be honest about and, what this country is. I mean, we were all just the rejects of every other place that didn't want us. You and I of European ancestry, obviously, I always joke that right. I, I um, am every part of Europe that no one wanted. You know, and that's, not, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a good analogy. <laughs> and it's true to a great extent. I mean, it wasn't exactly the lords and ladies of court who were boarding no. ships to come to the new world, right? No, no, I didn't end up in the state that I'm in, which is a poor southern state that I will not mention specifically. But um, I didn't end here because things, uh, end up here rather, because things were going so well other places. You know, I mean, my, and, exactly. And, and, you know, we, we used to talk about America being a melting pot and guess what? It still is a melting pot. You know, one of the great things I saw about practicing in a very large federal courthouse in Chicago 
with the way people could be pulled from multiple backgrounds and multiple ethnicities and multiple belief systems and multiple races, and you could sit those people on a jury panel. Some of them, you know, uh, might have even had, you know, English as a second language, but could communicate and read and write English or, you know, to be qualified to serve as a juror. Um, but to see those people come together as citizens and decide, uh, you know, a, a sometimes complex legal matter and, and see them come together as a group and, and sift through the evidence and make a decision. Um, and, you know, you question sometimes, would those people speak to each other on the streets if they weren't forced together as members of a jury? I don't know, but it, it, it works so beautifully um, and so well. I mean, everyone tends to draw from their strength and their experience, and it's it's one of the reasons that our country has, has been able to, you know, have credibility and be successful in different parts of the world is because we generally have been able to put forward people who at least have some level of competence about the the area where they're serving, whether it's through the State Department or the military or, you know, something like that. Um, you know, we talked about Ukraine, but if you remember the first whistleblower about blackmailing the Ukrainian government in the Trump administration was a military attache whose family had immigrated from Ukraine, and he was now a, a Ukrainian specialist for the U.S. Army um, yeah. and had served the country honorably for 20 years, basically. Um, so, you know, the, those are things that people tend to dismiss, but when you are empiring around the world the way that, that the United States has in our push to bring more freedom to other parts of the world, um, you know, if you lack any competence whatsoever in an area or a country or a culture, um, you're going to have a hard time being successful, right? That's a thing that our strength as a nation of immigrants has given us as we've reached back out to the world to promote democracy, right? It's well, yeah. the strength of bringing people in from sometimes – you know, authoritarian cultures and, and countries and then pushing those people back out to serve on behalf of our nation and our government uh, in, in positions of service and responsibility who can bring the knowledge of those countries and cultures to the task that I wouldn't, certainly wouldn't have because when I was a kid, hell, I thought going north of Tennessee meant you were in the devil's territory. So shit, you know, how am I going to learn anything about anywhere else, right? Even Kentucky was Yankee. <laughs> well, you know, those fuckers weren't in or out, as yeah, I recall. So right. I don't know hell to call them. They were not committed. It's horse land is what I call it. But, you know, I mean, but my recollection is they were, they were neither in nor out, if I recall right. For those of uh, our listeners who are listening uh, outside of the South, uh, like, if you were not part of the Confederacy, you don't belong Long. Like that is the mentality of the South. The South are, are the 11 states. 
Am I right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty much like that's why we kick your ass in football because we couldn't <laughs> kick your ass in war. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of the stupidity that goes into the sitting southern up mindset, there on right? sitting up there on your fence, Kentucky. Uh, yeah, get off your fence, you bluegrass asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, so we don't have any more listeners in Kentucky. Uh, so. Um, <laughs> But to all my dear friends in Kentucky, you know I'm only kidding. I so. love Kentucky very much. I, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful state, and uh, Paducah is a lovely city. I've been there. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean th- that is the mentality of the South. It, it really is, and it's beautiful, and it's disturbing, and we're crazy, and I love us for that. But uh, going back to your point on uh, people coming together and. Um, just making things better of different backgrounds. You know, I, I work in restaurants. I have for a long time because um, no one listens to radio anymore. So I work in restaurants. <laughs> uh, but uh, you will see, you'll never see a better example of just people banding together from so many different backgrounds. And no one cares. No one cares if you're black or white or Mexican or, or Hispanic, I should say. Um, or, um, whatever. No one cares. No one cares if you're, if you're gay or straight, no one cares if you're anything in between. It's all about just getting the job done and you'll never see a tighter group of people than those who work in restaurants together. And, and you know, and that's the, the thing that we've lost. Um, and this, this culture war that really did start with, you know, when you talk about the Republican party embracing white supremacy nowadays, everyone who follows politics talks about how the Democratic Party apparently hires the dumbest fuckers on the planet to handle their messaging. Yep. Because nothing the Democratic Party ever says is a soundbite. They're so dumb. They're so dumb, man. And everything the Republican Party says is a quotable soundbite. I mean, it's like they have the entire Madison Avenue creative corporate America under contract to come up with their fucking slogans, right? Yeah. And, and, and of course, the Democratic Party's problem is, is that they would like to explain to you the nuances of a problem and how there could possibly be multiple solutions, but that there's also a likely compromise that might work for some people, but more some more than others, in certain segments of the population might not be happy and and they just fucking put people to sleep. Well, it's the same reason uh, we're taking this podcast to 30 minutes from an hour. Like, you know, people are not going to... It's short attention span theater. I mean, in in the age of Snapchat, Instagram, and TikTok, you know, we're asking people to listen to something for 30 minutes or longer we might as well be asking a lot of people to read War and Peace, right? Which is, which which people should, by the way. <laughs> exactly. They should. But, you know, nowadays, if you handed people a book, they would literally fall out of the chair laughing at you. Like, what the fuck is this, right? It's I mean, an interesting dynamic because, like, never in the history of humanity have people been so uneducated on any subject yet had so much influence to the people around them. Cause normally if you're an idiot, they just kind of 
people forget about you. It's like, we're not going to listen to that guy. But if, if, if now you can get yourself a TikTok, you can get yourself an Instagram, a Facebook or whatever you want to do. And, and you can stir up some shit that wasn't always the yeah, case. Yeah. And, and you can get uh, upvoted and retweeted and, you know, and shared and reposted and whatever the fuck else they call it. And then the algorithms for Facebook will decide that, that, Certain people who are out there who kind of think like you, regardless of why, should see the same type of messages. Uh, fear is such a great motivator. You know, it's yeah, I, I don't have the firearms I have because I wasn't afraid at one point. Right. Um, it, it would right. cost me to spend money. Uh, we I, probably as a society, a goal should be is to, to be motivated as strongly by other things outside of fear, like hope. Because again, I, I said earlier, um, we are on a continent, uh, in the middle of two oceans with vast amounts of resources. There's no reason everyone here shouldn't be living just great, you know? And, and not only that, if you can't appreciate the scope of you know, the size of this country, go to your dear friend Google and just pull a couple of map overlays of, say, Europe overlaying over the United States, right? Mm -hmm. I, mean, I think the last time I looked at one of those, it pretty much showed that continental Europe would basically cover, you know, um, about... The South, say minus Texas, right? Yeah, that's about um, right. And, and you know, people tend to forget that, or just don't fucking know because they never bothered to educate themselves because they're too busy primping their fucking hair in the bathroom or smoking cigarettes or planning their weekend, you know, hangout to actually go to a fucking class and learn something in school. I feel slightly and then since they got out and started working, all they've done is fight to survive because right. they're in the fucking rat race fucking hamster wheel just trying to keep the damn lights on so don't have any time to think about these things or educate themselves but you know what a lot of people forget is i mean just give you my for instance i personally drove um 921 miles yesterday from uh deep in florida to uh our, our, my, my home okay um if I were to pick any point in Europe and drive 921 miles, I would pass through multiple countries in any direction. Yes. Um, and uh, if you go to, and I'm on this right now, it's called thetruesize.com. It will let you do this. And I'm on it right now. So I... Um, Again, that's thetruesize.com. And you can take any state or any country and compare it to anything else. The United States, as far as uh, looking at Europe, covers pretty much all of it. Um, I mean, the United Kingdom is barely, I mean, that's, that's like a state itself. Um, yeah, if you overlay, you know, the United States over Europe, the contiguous 48 states... If you put it at the tip, if you put California at the tip of Portugal and you take the Northeast, I mean, fuck, the Northeast is in Moscow. Mm -hmm. 
It sure is. I'm putting the tip right now. On, well, that's a terrible way to say it. I, I'm the tip <laughs> of the country. I'm putting uh, in Ireland right now, and I am covering uh, all the UK, France, uh, part of Spain, Italy, Greece, Romania, Austria, Germany, Denmark, Poland, Belarus, Ukraine, and we are into Russia at that point. Oh, you're you're so very deep into Russia. You're you're in Moscow for oh, sure. We're past it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I mean, if you do the same thing, you just put it down in China, for instance. I mean, look at it, if you put it in China. So if you talk the Chinese yeah. having you know so many people so much. I mean, we take up the entirety of China for the most part, uh, and, and all the Koreas, right? Uh, yeah, I'll put it. Uh, we're putting California in Nepal right now. We're going. Yep, um, almost all the Koreas. North Korea is completely covered. Um, all most of South Korea. Most of South um, Korea. Taiwan. If you put it in the Middle East, you put the United States in the Middle East, where our will be Portland and Washington along the, the Mediterranean coast of Syria and Lebanon. All right, let's do that. Uh, uh, you know, the country, our, our, our western shore for our eastern shore would extend into the former Soviet republics of like Turkmenistan and, and Kazakhstan. And, well, not mm-hmm. Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan north there, but, you know, some of the stands, Hindustan, you know, we would completely cover the entire Middle East, basically, most of Saudi Arabia, right. all of Iran, all of Pakistan, all of Afghanistan, into India, into Nepal. Uh, you know, that's, that's, the UAE, that's what people uh, the don't tend to get. I mean, um, people don't seem to understand just how massive, right, Um our landmass is. I mean, obviously, Russia has more landmass than the United States. You know, they have, you know, just huge, vast space that goes from basically bordering Alaska all the way to the continental Europe. Yeah, a vast majority of that is more or less uninhabited. Right. Right. Yeah. And when you take their population centers and put them together, uh, you know, they're, they're not that many, and most of them are European-facing, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, it's, uh, yeah, Eastern Europe. Uh, we just have this mass, and just shits and giggles, if you want to even just compare it to, say, South America, if you, if you kind of put our West Coast along Ecuador-Peru uh, border, then we cover entirely from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic Ocean cover most of Brazil, uh, you know, so most of the Amazon. I always thought of as just super massive, right? So, I mean, we have this huge, massive, you know, land area that we have. And as you said, we have, we're protected by two giant oceans, um, you know, the idea of, of someone coming to the United States in military force and invading is Neil. Right? Oh, I mean, it's ludicrous. I mean, I, not that it can't be done. I don't want to say that it can't, but uh, yeah, that's, that's the point. So we have two big oceans on either side of us. We're massive. Uh, our north neighbor likes us our south neighbor likes us i mean two degrees sure but we're not at war on our own continent which europe can't say that 
So, um, yeah, uh, the point there being that we are we are very blessed and we need to maintain this in whatever way we can, because this is rare in the history of humanity. Uh, the, well, and, and beyond that, that isolation, you know, during the World War II, for instance, we became known as the Arsenal Democracy. Well, you know, one of the reasons we became known as the Arsenal Democracy is because no one could fucking attack us. Right. So we could dedicate so many resources to manufacturing the weapons needed to win a worldwide war. Right. Because nobody was going to blow up our fucking ammunition depots because they couldn't reach us, right? Right. And, and now we're talking, I mean, people are actively, honestly talking about wars among American citizens. And honestly, the only thing that could affect us, but we are the only people that can do this to ourselves, right? Yeah. There's no, there's no, you know, group of Islamic terrorists that can upend America. There's no other nation that can upend America. I mean, absent a world-ending nuclear exchange, there's no one who's going to conventionally defeat America, right? It's just not going to happen. We have too much of everything, and we have the safety of distance from all our perceived and actual threats. Right. Um, I mean, it would literally take us being attacked by the entire world to to muster the resources that we alone have. That's it. And 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 to think that that we're at a place that that we could throw that away. We shouldn't. We we really shouldn't. Things can get bad. Look at Ukraine, like you said. Like they don't have that luxury. Uh, you know, they've got Russia. They got Belarus, which is Russia leaning, and then they go into Poland and all that stuff. But they're they're not very helpful. Their closest allies are going to be France, UK, Spain. You know, Norway, Finland, Sweden, maybe. But you know, and, and then us. But but here we are. Here we are in the middle of two two oceans about to destroy ourselves, and and uh, we're going to hopefully pr- prevent that. I don't know if you and I can by ourselves, but maybe. Maybe. And, and you know, it, it's going to take our listeners and our friends getting the word out and, and people actually stopping and, and engaging in honest self-examination about what do you really want. You know, to all these people who claim fate is the reason for doing what they're doing, just stop. You're a fucking idiot. But I would encourage you to go and, and have a kind of hard, honest, analytical analysis of, of you know, uh, go and point me to anywhere where Christianity has advanced based on a government being controlled by, quote-unquote, Christians, um, in the sense of by warfare or by oppression, because I would tell you that it doesn't happen, hasn't happened. No. And for all these people that say that, oh, we're a Christian nation, let me burst your bubble. Uh, the phrase one nation under God was inserted into our, de- our you know, Pledge of Allegiance in the 50s during what was commonly called the Red Scare, you might have heard of a little evil bastard named Joseph McCarthy who basically accused everyone who disagreed of him of being a communist. Mm-hmm. 
but it was like 1953 when the Pledge of Allegiance was changed to say one nation under God. Well, the allegiance and, didn't even happen until well after the Civil War, too, as a, as a means to, uh, you know, get us Southerners to come come on back emotionally. Right. And so the point of it is, is you know, this idea that, that God ordained the United States to be a Christian nation, yeah, I can give you thousands of pages of writings from our founding fathers that say exactly the opposite. What our founding fathers said is, you bring yours and I'll bring mine and we'll all be fine, right? Yeah. You know, your, your faith should inform your own beliefs and morality which should then inform how you govern and act towards others, right? Yeah. And, and, and you know, you should be able to, you know, what, what, you know, what we always talk about, you know, uh, you know, if, if, if I can't tell from your actions whether you're an axe murderer or a Christian, you're probably not a Christian, right? That's right, yeah. And yeah. so, you know, the point of it is simply this, is that, you know, our founding fathers recognized organized religion as a threat to good self-government. They, didn't, they weren't opposed to, to religion, but what they said is that, you know, to have an enlightened democracy and an enlightened republic, you've got to have a separation where people are coming based on their own belief systems, but no one is using the power of the state to oppress and drive people to believe a certain way or to observe a certain belief system. Well right? said. Well said. And we are up against it, but that, that, that's, that's a great point. And separate, um, separation of church and state, a lot of people think that makes religion weaker. No, it doesn't. It, it, just because the way we govern and deal with... Um, uh, uh, the country or our states or our county or our city doesn't mean that, re- that that Christianity is taking a back seat. It just means it's not involved in that process. It's a different well, process. And, and again, you know, the, the key to that is, is you, you just, just look, okay? If you call yourself a conservative Christian, but you live in Utah, do you want people of the Mormon faith telling you that you have to go to temple every Sunday twice a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. If you're if you're Catholic in the South and you think that all these people who are identifying as Christian around you actually think that you're truly a Christian, you might ought to check some of the things they say and write because you know. Um, I find myself a lot, in that a, very a lot position. of those people don't count. Christians as Catholics as Christians. I know. Yes. Right? I'm a Catholic. Uh, and yes, uh, I'm in the Yeah. And what about people of, of the Jewish faith? I mean, they, uh, you know, Jesus was a Jewish person, mm-hmm. but the Jewish faith doesn't acknowledge Jesus as a savior. Right. But the point of it is, is should we dis uh, just disavow everyone who's Jewish, and uh, you know. Again, and what about our, our brothers and sisters in this country who are Muslim? I have great friends who are Muslim, and great people. They'll give you the shirt off their back. Hmm. Uh, they'll do anything for you. Their their actions are, are much more loving and humble than a lot of people that have, that identify to me as Christian, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, and so um, I 
tend to 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 think that you know um our founding fathers were fresh off of history and an education that demonstrated that when states are theocratic, when they're religious-based, that the outcome tends to be killing in the name of God, right? Yeah, um, it and does. I haven't seen anywhere that that works out well, period. I've not seen one example uh, myself. And then it inspires more killing, and it just goes on. Uh, so many people don't have to be hurt. People... <sighs> Uh, we're already up against it, and I was about to go on a tirade, but I won't. So uh, I'll, I'll save my <laughs> we'll tirade. Cut this episode off before we lose <laughs> yeah. our, our listeners' attention span, right? All right. Well, it's part two of our insurgency. Pro we'll probably touch on it some more here before too long. I also, um, Laugh, would like to touch on um, how social media is playing a role in everything. I'd like to go into detail on that just mainly because I'd like to hear you talk about it at some point because I'm sure you have some. Yeah, I mean, I think that it would be a nice follow-on to the whole insurgency thing for people to understand if, if they can put down the devices long enough to hear um, how social media is actually driving them into this false belief system and, and how it is, in, in essence, reinforcing everything negative they believe. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, putting down uh, the devices, unless you're listening to this podcast, then don't. Uh, you, you, exactly. Put it on your earphones. Then. That's right. right. Uh, laugh. It is always a pleasure, sir. Man, it's, it's my highlight of the week for us to get together and share a little insight, have a great conversation, and, and talk about uh, what in the fuck is going on and why is everybody losing their damn minds and how maybe we can snap some people back to reality. Yeah, come back and join us here in the real world. It's it's just fine. And God still loves you in the real world. You, you can be reasonable and God will love you. All right, Unfucked, I'm Gunner. That's laugh. Unfucked.com and wherever you get your podcast. <laughs>